Hello and welcome to the new season of Dr. Kino's Film Emporium. So we've had a bit of a break since Christmas. I hope you're all well and surviving lockdown. And this week we have a very, very special guest indeed to kick things off. So I can, oh, I can, I can, I can hear her, first of all, coming down the street. Wahak, what is this? It's a white palfrey with a nosegay. Ah, and she is clad in, in raiments of fine sunlight. Oh, here she comes now. It's Marie Findlay from the Medieval Babes. Uh-huh. Hello, Marie. <laughs> Hello, Marie. Welcome to Dr. Kino's Film Emporium. You are gracing us with your presence. <laughs> well, thank you for asking me. I'm really happy to be here. Most welcome. Most welcome. Please do come into these uh, two rather large thrones that I've uh, I've uh, got in place of our of our normal leather wing back chairs. Very, so, very nice of you, and the ermine as well. Nice touch. Indeed. Yes, I thought so. Yeah, we got got a couple of shields in heraldic devices. The rest of it and. Uh, <laughs> Of any burglars, but you know, just doing kind of thing. So, Marie, you've um, you've got a film for us, uh, which I do not know what it is, but do tell, and we'll have a have a little uh, discussion about this, and we'll get into a, a few more details. So, what film have you brought us? Okay, well, to be honest, Toby, I wasn't sure which one to to bring in, so I I've kind of got four in mind, and I thought maybe we could play a little game, and you could Ooh. just kind of pick. How many you know, which one? <laughs> okay. So, um, would you uh, would you like a uh, UK film, a US film, or a foreign film? I'll go foreign. I think. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, then the film that I brought this week is The Grapes of Death. I like it already. <laughs> I will. I am so there. <laughs> And which country is this, uh, is this film from? This is a French film, ah, 1970s, okay. a horror okay. film. Ah. And I'm particularly fond of the uh, zombie genre. I mean, I think they're the, the kind of greatest uh, horror enemy, in a sense, because, you know, if they, uh, they, they're slow moving, uh, they seem fairly innocuous, but if you get enough of them around you, you are in trouble. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. So, so I love the zombie genre. I also love a bit of gore, and this film is particularly gore, gory. There are lots of sort of separating wounds pressed Ooh. up against glass. It's fantastic. Brilliant. So the premise is that um, uh, there is a pesticide which is affecting grapes, in France. So if you happen to enjoy the odd glass of wine like myself, I'm enjoying right now, Indeed, uh, <laughs> you could become subject to a particular disease that occurs and turns you into a zombie. Hence the grapes um, of death. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I had never heard of this film before and I recently got a subscription to um, BFI channel and mm-hmm. has some phenomenal films on there mm-hmm. and I was you know flipping through things and uh, you know I love a bit of trash and I, I saw the title like the picture thought okay I'll give this a go it's the very first film I watched with my BFI subscription and it was a corker wicked okay We'll talk about that in more detail as well. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> wonderful. One of the grapes of death, folks, and that's from 1970. Uh, I don't know the exact year. Okay, don't worry, <laughs> that's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure people. I'm sure people can uh, who have an internet connection can find. But it's that. um, it was directed by uh, Jean Rolla. Okay. So people, you know, he's 
famous French horror film director. So people, if they know him, you know, they might know this film or will want to look out for it. Wonderful. Marie, what is the first film that you remember seeing? This is a really interesting question, um, Dr. Keener, because usually it's a children's film, but not always. So what is your first film memory? And by film, I mean at the cinema as well, because it's quite different seeing a film on television to a cinematic uh, sort of theatrical uh, uh, viewing, should we say? Um, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting this question. So I probably oh, sorry, I'm a bit left field. Thought, yeah. But no, that's okay. So um, there are two early memories of films mm-hmm. that I have. One is going to the cinema mm-hmm. uh, with my dad. And um, I think it was a children's film. And uh, uh, all I remember was the lights coming up and my dad saying, do you want to stay for, for the next one? Um, and I was covered in chalk ice, like all <laughs> over my face. Okay. <laughs> so I don't remember the film. I just remember, just the, remember the actual, yeah. I'm yeah, really sort of ho- horrified that I, I, you know, had embarrassed myself in such a way. And then the other early memory I have is of watching a film on television so not at the cinema Mm -hmm. and so I couldn't embarrass myself with the chalk ice and it being a Spanish subtitled film so I must have been able to read wow and um I I remember my mum coming down saying to me what do you what are you doing she couldn't believe (laughs) that I was watching a foreign language clearly clearly your path was destined you know it was laid out then I think (laughs) And then I proceeded to tell her the whole storyline. It, so okay. it wasn't like the voice of the beehive or something, or spirit. Of the, sorry, spirit of the beehive, even. Um. I, I have no idea what it was. I'm sure oh, it was brilliant. quite trashy, but um. okay, okay, that's that is impressive. <laughs> that's that is an dancer. That's the first uh, the first time anyone on Doctor Kino has actually said it's a foreign language film. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, in terms of your education and things, I mean, did you do film studies at sort of school or A level at all, or what was your? No, um, I did. I I did a performing arts degree, but I mm. I got into film sort of earlier than that, I suppose. Um, uh, I had a, a couple of like-minded friends. Um, we all really enjoyed uh, watching film, and uh, we got hold of a super eight camera and started to make films ourselves we called ourselves lovely movies and we used to make john waters inspired films on our super okay. eight camera <laughs> yeah. Very <impressive>. they were <laughs> full of um you know oh, i was i was a, i was a some kind of i was a detective i seem to remember in one of them and i was chasing down some serial killer mm-hmm. uh, in in furry ski boots as um, you do yeah and you know, I had all these kind of karate moves, and nice. yeah, I mean, they <laughs> yeah, they were pretty good. So, um, so yeah, I, I I started doing that with friends, and we continued to do that while I was at university, um, doing performing arts, and and actually, uh, once I finished my degree, I I I thought I was going to become a performer, and I thought I was going to become an actress, but actually, I'd you know, I'd been making these films for friends and uh, we decided to enter this uh, competition on on television. It was looking for um, uh, new writers and underground filmmakers. And um, so we, you had to submit a film script and we thought we'd never written anything before because we just discussed it and then, you know, held the camera in front of us and improvised. so we decided to write a musical about uh, Siamese twin 
ice skating okay. champions. Okay. <laughs> it was Natural called... choice, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Blade Brothers. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, you can insert your own puns here, folks. I'm sure there's a, there's a whole whole raft of those you can probably put in. Uh, twin Blades of Glory? I don't know. There's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, I'm sure there's Three lots blades. of uh, mileage there. Fantastic. So, um, so did this get picked up by a major distributor? Or? Well, um, unfortunately not, but we did get shortlisted for the oh, TV yeah. show um, okay. called Midnight Underground. And then we had to submit a budget and and all of those kind of things. It was totally inexperienced. We didn't know mm. what we were doing. Um, so in the end, we didn't get to make that movie. More's the pity. I think it would have been great. I would see that film. I would see that film. <laughs> But uh, we we then sort of realised that perhaps we could, you know, write. We'd written a mm-hmm. film and people were interested in it. And that sparked my TV writing career. So out of, out of a love of film, I ended yes. up writing for television. Fabulous, because you've actually had a really interesting career, haven't you, Marie, in terms of the sort of taking it forward from your performing arts, which was actually at the same university that I went to, which was De Montfort in Leicester. Um, I think it was Leicester Polytechnic. Blue Army, Blue Army. Blue Army, Blue Army, (laughs) Filbert Street. Football reference there. You'll get references if you're from the East Midlands. Um, So uh, it was actually Leicester Polytechnic when we were there uh, in the early 90s, and it switched in 92 to De Montfort University, which sounds slightly more impressive, um, except we got christened Demon Farts by Leicester University. (laughs) There you go. Um, But (laughs) in terms of your writing career, this was alongside... Your other sort of not job, but your other vocation, which is a singer, is it not? Yeah. So yeah. tell us more about uh, a certain Catherine Blake. Well, Catherine Blake is the founder, one of the founding members, and the musical director of the Medieval Babes. And I uh, met Catherine because she was a girlfriend of a close friend of mine. Um, the first time we had a kind of conversation, I guess, um, was when we were at the Phoenix uh, Festival together, um, music festival, and we were both sitting in a field sharing a bottle of cider. Mm-hmm. And Catherine started singing to herself, and um, it was really beautiful. And it wasn't anything contemporary, and it wasn't English. And I said, "This is amazing. What is this?" And she said, "Oh, it's medieval." And I said, "That's." incredible I, uh, I I love the medieval period of history and mm-hmm. she said do you want to join my band and I said okay <laughs> and <laughs> just like that the medieval band <laughs> she didn't know whether I could sing or anything but you know it yeah. wasn't we had no sort of professional ambitions initially when mm. we first started and now we have our 25th anniversary coming up yeah. this year so 25 years later we're still going yeah, because there's, I mean, Salvin Nos, which was the first album, was, was yeah. um, it took off in, in ways that I don't think anyone could see, really, wasn't it? It seemed to hit a chord, and this is sort of the mid-90s, and then yeah. World's, World's Bliss came along afterwards and sold a crazy amount of, of um, copies worldwide. So yeah. suddenly you're like, you're touring, you're going to festivals, you know, it's actually like, this is actually doing really well. Was it, it, was it a bit of a whirlwind, the whole sort of thing? Because Yeah, I mean, you know, one minute it was just a bunch of friends, you know, singing in the, in the, in the lounge, you know, and, and, and the only ambitions we really had were to impress our trousered friends, you know. Indeed. And then, 
<laughs> medieval blokes yeah. yeah next thing we had a record deal I had limos pulling up outside my door to take me to radio shows oh, TV fantastic. Shows. yeah I mean it was phenomenal but mm. we I mean we kind of because we didn't know any different we sort of took it for granted we hadn't we hadn't had to play loads of like crummy venues for years <laughs> you know it just happened kind of overnight and uh it we were we were totally spoiled we used to bitch and moan constantly and you know I mean now I look back and think god if I had a limo pulling up outside my door to take me at a radio show I'd think I'd made it you know I'd be so bloody happy and grateful um one thing we didn't realize was that we were actually paying for all of these limos yes and this is in the bad um, old days of a very, very uh, dubious contracts in the record industry. Exactly. Mm. So we almost, we almost went under. Um, ah. But um, <laughs> we found an incredible manager, and uh, he saved our asses basically. And, Thank God for that. And you're still yeah. going strong because it's. <laughs> I mean, it's now 25 years, and I mean, I have to say, the I came across Salvanos uh, by accident. I thought this is good, and I got World's Bliss, and then. Um, I, I've rediscovered the medieval babes uh, working from home in terms of sort of just something really nice to put on the background and just you know soothe uh, the working day. Yeah. And there's an awful lot of stuff on YouTube. And in fact, you actually have the medieval babes channel on YouTube, I believe, with oh. various uh, yeah various live recordings from places like the medieval festival in Maryland and all that, or Renaissance oh, festivals yeah. in Maryland and things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of uh, footage out there. So. But alongside this, you're also doing your script writing and you've had a really interesting career with you do children's TV. You did Anton Deck as well. There's comedy. There's all sorts of things. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about that. Well, uh, as I said before, you know, I we'd we'd made this sort of written this uh, film film script, you know, which kind of got picked up. And so Emma and I, who were um, part of there were there were three of us in lovely movies. So there's Jamie, Emma and myself. We all had these uh pseudonyms I was tulip junkie she was cherry muffin and then Jamie was leggy banana so <laughs> leggy banana wasn't that keen on writing so okay. cherry muffin and myself continued writing together and um we just thought okay well you know let's 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 see what we can do let's see if we can get picked up so we sent a sample script to the producers uh, who were working with Anton Deck at the time and it was at, at the point where they were trying to break out of children's tv mm, and yes adult presenters yeah. and we'd written this kind of monkeys style um episode and mm producer really liked it I think they wanted to have more women on the team Mm -hmm. so they invited us in to to start writing for them and then on the back of that we thought well let's see if we can get some management because you know it's quite kind of hard work hustling for your own jobs yeah yeah definitely so so we we went to um Avalon Mm. and um yeah they they signed us and then we went on to to do you know other tv shows and smack the pony and Mm -hmm. actually the this one of the sketches that I wrote for Smack the Pony was based on my experience with the medieval babes. Okay. Um, Which it, was it? Well, it's called it. Well, there are a couple of singing sketches on uh-huh. on um, uh, on Smack the Pony, but this one was voted. I think it might have been the twenty second funniest sketch on British TV of all time. I'll take that. If I yeah, that's that's a proud boast, Marie. <laughs> okay, that's a proud come boast. on. Yeah. 
yep, damn straight, I'll take that. And it's just two girls in a in a warehouse, and uh, they are listening to "I I Can't Live If Living Is Without You," and they just become very competitive, trying to out sing each other to the point right. where one's singing in opera, yeah. and then the other one can't compete, so just starts screaming. Um, yeah, so that was based on the medieval babes, and. And I, you know, I'm, there weren't a, any other kind of sketches based on the medieval babes, but I continued to, to write for TV for about 12 years. Mm, um, pretty good, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, n- not bad. But, it, you know, it sounds, you know, ostensibly it sounds like I had quite a successful career writing for television but it's very bitty unless you're mm. a very successful writer so actually what I did when I when I wasn't writing for tv was I I worked as a as a life model and mm-hmm. I also worked as a supervisor at the Odeon Cinema which then oh. got me into writing uh film reviews okay yeah yeah excellent okay so what's the film uh segwaying nicely what's what's that watershed film for you that sort of like my god this is an art form like no other what's the what's the film that made the most impression on you and there's probably a lot to choose from as if you've I seen mean, it <laughs> um god that's such a hard question and i'll probably give you an answer and then tomorrow i'll be going no that wasn't no. the one that wasn't the one i should have said this one um but the but one tonight that, what's the one that's tonight? yeah the one that's come to my mind yeah. and and it and it and it ties in nicely with mm-hmm. sort of later career development is um tommy i suppose by ken okay. yeah 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 um ken and, Russell, yeah yeah, and I, 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 well, I, I love the music for a start. My dad was always a big Who fan, so that was fantastic. I mean, I love, I loved musicals, especially musicals of the seventies, and um, it was just, it was just so un, unbridled. I mean, Ken, Ken Russell is such an indulgent uh, oh, totally. film director. Yeah, very over the top. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and no- nothing can stop him. And it was just. Uh, uh, it was an assault on the senses from mm-hmm. beginning to end. And I was totally blown away by that film. And I remember um, an English teacher saying to me, so, you know, what, what do you want to do in the, in, in the future, Marie? And I said, I want to be in a Ken Russell film. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, okay. Right, that's a lot of, yes. Subtitle Spanish films at, at seven. <laughs> Ken Russell but film. Then I ended up being in a Ken Russell film, and so did the medieval babes. Marvelous. Which so one? My dream it? came true. Yes, yes. Remember, kids, <laughs> dream big. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> which which Ken Russell film were you in, Marie? Well, basically, I uh, you know it's, it's not one that many people know. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. Um, so uh, Emma and I, who were sort of writing for TV, uh, we we were also we also continued making films and hosting underground film clubs I don't know if you ever remember something called the exploding cinema I don't know if you if you didn't live in London it probably wouldn't no sorry it feels like I should do we've we've got various things in Bristol uh where I'm at um so we've got the Bristol Bad Film Club which is the other BBFC and all that sort of thing yeah um but no the exploding cinema I would almost certainly have a go at that um if I wasn't yeah it, it was fantastic back in the 1990s. So it, they would ha- hold an event every month and mm-hmm. anybody could submit a film and they would show, you know, they would show every film at some point. They'd include it in one of their monthly um, shows. And uh, it, it, it was, 
I always remember it just being really riotous. It was fantastic. And we used to host it sometimes. So on the back of this, uh, Emma and I, who were writing together and, and represented by Avalon at the time, took a show to Edinburgh called uh, Affliction. Um, Very good. <laughs> <laughs> see, puns are one of my things. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> And uh, we'd we'd collected, you know, some crazy films that people had made, and 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 it was all just about underground film. Uh, anyway, one of our films uh, got banned, and and it almost closed the Pleasance down, which in Edinburgh where we were showing at the time. Yikes! And what this film was, it, this film was called Our Honeymoon, and it was a film that somebody had made from films that they had found. So there was. One section of the film was some old Super 8 and it was a couple getting married and that had been spliced together with an old 70s porn film. Ooh, so it was okay. like, effectively, this is what happens on a honeymoon. Right? So this yeah. was the kind of joke. And it, we had like two seconds of erect penis. Oh, that's, that's enough. That yeah, was it. You can't have that in British cinema. No, it's no. like absolutely not. No. So that so the the film we weren't allowed to show the film. Yeah, the the Pleasance almost had almost had to shut down. And on the back of this, we were invited on to Loose Ends. It's a show that used to be uh, by Ned Sharon. Sure. Yeah. And Rest in peace, Ned. Yeah. Happened to be on the show at the time. Uh-huh. So. After the show, we all had great, you know, you know, Ken Russell's so entertaining. Um, mm. And he was fascinated by what had happened to us. And afterwards, we had a little drink in the, in the Pleasance where they were, you know, taping the show. And uh, we told him about the show that we were doing. And we said, look, you know, you should come down. I, we said it's people with absolutely no money whatsoever are making the most incredibly inventive material. And you should see it. And Ken came down the next Listen. very next day and it it kind of it, it he had a bit of an epiphany I think mm-hmm. because he thought I don't need to wait for people to you know mm. green light my projects and give me big budgets I can mm. just go ahead and and make a make a you know underground movie yeah and he's, so, a, he's one of those cult directors really now isn't he has been I think his his uh, oeuvre has been sort of reappraised and he yeah, I think the BFI did a, a probably a retrospective on them a couple of years ago, but yeah. it's got a long, impressive um, sort of ceiling. Really? So yeah, yeah, and and I think in a way for him this was this was sort of circular because he started off by making really you know low budget kind of pieces, documentary pieces, and it, that's where his roots were. So it was kind of like going back to his roots, and he had the. No, so so together we collaborated and made a number of short films, and then one feature, which are, mm-hmm. all these films are now known as his garage films, partly because okay. some of them were filmed in his, his garage. And <laughs> Ken Russell's yeah. garage. <laughs> but, um, wondrous, wondrous cave of delights, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I got the I got the babes involved as well. Excellent. So uh, we mm. we uh, there was a film. Uh, called the lion's mouth and mm. the the medieval babes played a a, a, a bunch of uh, prostitutes who'd been rescued by the reverend of Stiffkey. this is all based on a true story ah. and then yeah and then i i got them involved in the feature film that we made with him as well the, the fantastic. Of fantastic marie tell us more about the grapes of death because this is i'm i'm really curious as to know <laughs> How how this got made and uh, and why why you think it's underrated as well because this is the central thing is underrated underappreciated or just under the radar classics. So well, I, about, uh, about I mean, I don't 
to be honest, I don't really know that much about it because, you know, I only stumbled on it a couple of months ago. Um, but I was surprised that I didn't, hadn't heard of it. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned it to people and nobody else had heard of it either. So that's why I thought <laughs> it warranted me bringing it to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, why is it underrated? I guess like lots of trashy films, you know, they're not to everybody's taste. Um, and of course it is particularly gory. I mean, there's, it's not just blood and guts. There's mm. a lot of pus. And I guess mm. that's yeah. not to everybody's like taste. Rotting zombie sort of thing. And like I said, <laughs> separating wounds. So yeah. tell us about the plot. Who is anyone half famous in it? Or is it just like obscure French actors? Or? Um, uh, that, I mean, I uh, to be honest, I I didn't recognise anybody in the film, so I wouldn't say so. Um, uh, so no. Um, what else can I tell you about it? I mean, so the basic premise is there's this pesticide that's killing this mould on grapes or something. But if you if you drink wine that hasn't been de-molded and then you t- you potentially turn into a zombie. Well, you t- no, it's the pesticide that is that is. Ah, oh, my mistake. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so if you're a great lover of wine, as m- most of the most of the French, French are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to wipe you out pretty quickly. Okay, so is it like is it like a village that gets sort of taken over by zombies, and there's like some yeah, not just a village. I mean, it starts oh, okay. over. You know, the, there's various villages in the sort of wine growing regions of okay France, Bordeaux, the yeah. <laughs> Rhone Valley, or something. Yeah. Great so thing. yeah, so that I mean, but there are there are other films that I could have brought to the table as well that we mm-hmm. can talk about. I mean, I think yeah, uh, sure. one of the ones I was going to I was thinking about bringing to the table was uh, Images by Robert Altman. Ah, okay. So know the name, and most no, most um, film people would know the name Robert Altman, but mm. not, don't know this film. So tell us yeah, more about exactly. Images. So um, I I was almost embarrassed to. Have not known about this yeah. film because it once I watched it I thought this is so fantastic you know I call myself a fil- film fan how do I not know about mm, it mm. so that's why I thought that would be interesting to talk about so this is another 70s film mm-hmm. very keen on 70s films as you can tell um, and Susanna York um, oh. is a children's writer she writes children's novels and actually in the film she uh you hear her mentally sort of reading uh, her latest extract from the book. And she wrote, she actually wrote this material. So it is Susanna York's uh, own yeah. writing, which Collaborative is- Collaborative effort from Robert Altman then. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's really, really beautiful writing as well. So that takes you into a sort of magical world. Um, but the film starts uh, with her, she's alone at home, she's been writing. Um, she's having a bit of writer's block and she gets a call from a friend and um, the call is sort of interrupted or it's kind of corrupted and she gets uh, somebody else comes into the conversation and tells her that her husband is with somebody else. Um, so she's very disconcerted about this and her husband comes home um, and she tells him or tries to tell him about what has happened. And as she's telling him, he takes on another form. Oh, OK. He, he uh, yeah, he, do, he no longer represents. He no longer looks like her husband. He looks like somebody else. 
Um, and you wonder right from the start, is mm. this some sort of supernatural occurrence? Mm. Or is this something that's happening in her mind? Mm. Or is this just she's a writer, so therefore she has a very uh, imaginative brain? Sure. Um, and they go away to Ireland because she's feeling, you know, very, uh, uh, she's feeling very disconcerted about everything that has happened. And m more and more unusual things begin to occur. Mm. Um, and her you wonder now whether she's schizophrenic or actually whether there's a conspiracy against her it's absolutely fantastic film with the most incredible score mm -hmm. so you have this luscious uh green greenery you know the island and yet the score is sort of really uh uncomfortable sort of japanese mm -hmm. boing, boing. <laughs> so, so yeah. you're you're never you'll just you'll just never feel comfortable so even no. if you're looking at settling Yes, unsettling the whole time. Um, added to that, the fashions, the, the decor, oh my good God, you know, I, I mean, I just wanted everything that she wore and I, I wanted to inhabit every room that she was in. It's, it's a really, really incredible film. Okay, and I images. can't tell you the ending. No, please don't. No spoiler alerts. No. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. So that's images from Robert Altman. What, what year, roughly? Um, I think it's around 19, well, it's between 75 and 78. I can't really remember. Okay, so a little bit Anna longer. York actually won the Best Actor Award at the Cannes Film Festival. Fantastic. The film itself never really picked up traction. No, no, indeed. No, because I know some of the Altman films and, um, yeah, that's not one on my radar. So thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, oh, check it out. Absolutely, I will, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is half the fun for Dr Kino is that... Um, I do get uh, made aware of films that I haven't always seen. And it's like, yeah. ah, that's a great tip. So yeah. Marie, two great tips there. So The Grapes of Death <laughs> from sometime in the 70s. Uh, in <laughs> and who, who was the director again? Of The Grapes of Death? Yes. Um, Jean Rollin. Jean Rollin, okay. And Robert Altman's uh, images from the yeah. late 70s. Yeah. So um, Marie, I think we will have time for one more. Do you have a UK one as well? Because you offered me the three. Oh yeah, no, I know. I offered you a U US one. I mean, as the well. One, yeah. what, what, well, let's do. Let's do. Um, God, so I mean, oh God, there were so many I could have. I could have chosen. Um, uh, okay, so we'll we'll go with Times Square. Do you know Times Square? I don't know Times Square. Who directed it? Um, Alan Moyle. Don't know the name. Tell me more. So it. So this is a nineteen eighties mm. film, and it is. Uh, a film about a teenage runaway. Mm -hmm. um, she meets another girl whilst in hospital and the two of them run away. Um, it's actually one of the, I mean, it's they have a lesbian relationship, but at the time, mm -hmm. these scenes were sort of cut out. So sure. it's, so it, it's, you know, it was, it's less contentious, I suppose. But uh, you can see uh, still what is retained in the film is these two girls kind of falling in love with each mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. um, and they are the, the girl who, um, well, the girl, the girl who ends up, we, who we start following in the film, she's the kind of protagonist. She is the daughter of um, a politician. And uh, she has had a very middle-class upbringing. And when she's in hospital, she's in the same ward as a girl who's 
basically like dragged herself up really as being in and out of children's homes and lives on the streets. So they've had very different upbringings, but they come together. And both of them, I guess, are rebelling against uh, society and against their upbringings. And the music, the soundtrack that goes with it is uh, a whole new wave uh, soundtrack. So oh, nice. Nice 80s. Rebellious as well. Um, and I just, I mean, I, as I say, I love a musical. So mm -hmm. effectively, it's a musical, not just because of this great soundtrack that they have, but the two girls form a band, okay. the Sleaze Sisters, and then they get picked up by uh, a sort of uh, a radio station and they start putting out their material. It's, it's a great film. So there's basically runaways and the father's trying to find them. And, you know, they are rejecting society through music. It's a fantastic film. Fantastic. And it's Times Square by Alan Times Moore. Times Square, yeah. Brilliant. OK, is anyone in it that we would know? Um, Sounds like one of those kind of almost hits or should, should be better known, which obviously is why he brought it along. Yeah, well, Tim, Tim Curry's in it. He plays the kind of video DJ. Oh, fantastic. Um, OK, yeah. And then the, the girl who is absolutely phenomenal in it mm. is... Um, Robin Johnson. So she was a total unknown. Mm -hmm. And she, there is something so beautifully natural about her. And she should have been a star, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. she got locked into that kind of studio system. Mm -hmm. So they kind of monopolized her, but then didn't mm -hmm. put her out for any films. And she just, you know, she basically lost her career ah. through that. Yeah, too far too common as well, I think, yeah. in, in television and, uh, and in film as well, and music, yeah. obviously, too. So, Marie, thank you so much for sharing your film knowledge with us. And uh, yes, it's been great to see you. It's I don't great. know whether it's a knowledge, it's just a sort uh, Well, you know, don't, it's, it's, uh, opinions are always welcome. And uh, yes, it's uh, it's been wonderful to have you as a guest of Dr. Kino. So, um, we're going to give you a, a complimentary cup of mead to, to warm you on your way. <laughs> <laughs> I think your, your palfrey is getting a little bit restless outside. So, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, but we will uh, we will definitely. Um, yes, uh, hopefully, um, if you have more things to share with us, then perhaps uh, you'd like to visit the, uh, the Emporium again one day. Part two. Yeah. Oh yes, God, you know, there's more films I can talk about. Yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. <laughs> Marie Findlay, Medieval Babe, all-round film, fantastic uh, film critic and uh, general good egg. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. And that was Marie Findlay uh, from Medieval Babes and from uh, Findlay Ravenheart Theatrical Agency as well for all your casting needs. So she brought with us to the Emporium, or brought with her rather, to the Emporium, uh, The Grapes of Death, uh, the Times Square and images as well so please do check out those films uh, we will see you next time on dr kino for another uh, underrated underappreciated and under the radar classic thanks very much for listening take care <laughs>